Peoples, can you just feel me? Can you be with me for just one second? Just have some humanity. We're gonna have a good time tonight. This is Mac, and I'm with me, as always, my guy, Peter. my buddy. Oh, I was early this time. Dang. Oh, dang it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Oh, okay. We're doing it. All right, we're doing it all day. We're I couldn't it. believe I, I interrupted him. It doesn't matter because I'm usually late. What's your name, sir? So this is Peter. <laughs> How you doing, guys? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> But we're here with our special guest uh, for the past couple episodes. Third time's a charm. Oh, it's Riley. Hi. Bowman <laughs> from the Grand Moff Talking Podcast. He's our mm-hmm. special guest. And we're talking about, uh, I think it's a pretty good movie, but we'll see what they have to say about it. But we're not going to get into that yet. We're not going to want to get into that yet. Riley, how are you doing today? I'm all right. Are you? I've had some pizza. I'm good. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Are you pizza? I am pizza now. Okay, he you are pizza. pizza I am. Pizza. You are what you eat. The pizza. Yeah, that's okay. true. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> I, that 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 you are what you eat is sort of true, but it's not. I always kind of feel like it should manifest itself through your skin. So if you eat a cheeseburger, you should kind of become like the hamburger or something, or like Mary McCheese. You're too young to know what Mary McCheese is. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I'd rather right. become the hamburger. <laughs> robble, robble, robble. <laughs> Peter, how you doing? Pretty good. No, you're not. Yeah. Don't lie, don't lie to me. No, I had some pizza too, believe it or not, because we ordered pizzas, and that was cool. Wow. And now I'm talking. <laughs> so I'm good. Yes, all of those things are true. Can you tell me other things that are true about Peter? Sure. <laughs> More like pizza. <laughs> oh, oh! That's not a good man, one. Man, I just no, got called out. That one that wasn't was terrible. Great. That one wasn't very good. Go back to the drawing I'm sorry. I'll try and come up with better <laughs> puns for this episode. <sighs> You make me sick. No, things are good. Get off my show. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this movie with you. No, you're not. I am. <laughs> no, you're not. Yep. Don't lie. But I know what I am excited to talk about. Uh-oh. Question of the week. The week. Time for the question of the week. I like that little jingle. You know why? Because my boy to my right wrote it. His oh. name's Riley. You oh. should get on top of it. I thought you were yeah. talking about me. Hex yeah. You know how you can get on that? At Super Movie Ball on Twitter. At Super Movie Ball at Gmail. 
hit us up and do this. Riley, if you're listening, Yikes. can you do what's your hidden talent? Is and that question is for you too, Peter. That's the question of the week. What's my hidden talent? What's your hidden talent? Uh, Come on. Everybody's got something. Everybody's got something they're good at. You know what I mean? I mean, but it's not hidden. I I like music. I'm good at music. That's my thing. Well, excuse me. Ah, seriously. (laughs) Everybody knows I'm good at music. Everybody knows I'm good at music. Well, you just said I made that song, so, you know. I'm not trying to hide it. That is true. He got you there. He no, does. I don't. I don't like to talk about it very much because it, it very much sounds like an egotistical. But what's your hidden talent? Egot- though? You gotta you, something else besides music that you're good at. Nah, that's really like not double jointed. Can no, you move your jaw funny. I can put my thumb back like this. Oh, oh it's not staying anywhere. It used to stay. That's gross. Oh, I can't do that. He's totally doing a double jointed oh, thing where he's putting his thumb back behind his. It used to stay fingers. back there. It's gross. Stay back there anymore. If know. I'm describing it, that's disturbing. Yeah, I guess okay. that's my secret talent. That's it. That's I can your do a gross. Talent? I don't. I, seriously, I'm not talented except music. Really? Not joking. Nothing else. No. You're not good with people. Um, you know, you can't whistle real loud, or I, I can whistle, I guess, but not real loud. I mean. <laughs> Are I'm a terrible good, artist. Really I can't driver. I uh, I haven't gotten any a- accidents. I mean, uh, there's <laughs> something. Are you a good dresser? Do you have good? Uh, I've got of a style? nice dim- denim jacket. Oh, he does. Mean, you... Oh, he does. That's all I have. I haven't noticed your denim jacket. Really? Is that a denim jacket? It, this is my denim is jacket. It, what is it? Velvet? <laughs> I think he. I think he just put that on. It's really good. I just put this on. I don't know. That's my talent. Is putting on denim jackets. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's good. <laughs> Denim Jacket sounds like a great band name. Denim Jacket. I'm sure it's been done before. Someone no, has hasn't. to have done that. Really? You I'm think? sure. Yeah. It's a great. It's, it's a good name. I think. Which is good, why I think it's someone's a good, taking solid, it already. Like, makes me feel good. Name. What do you guys listen to? I'm listening to a little Denim Jacket. Yeah, it's a '90s grunge band. Might, Someone n- did it in Seattle. '90s grunge band. There's a little. There's a band in Seattle no. that went Denim Jacket because think, they're making fun of the whole. They were doing it to make fun of like the whole '80s really? denim stuff. No, yeah. I want that to be something more. I want that to be something like a nice like synth band that you listen to on on melancholy days when it's raining you want to listen to denim jacket i want to listen to denim jacket i'll, well, I'll start a band i mean in a grilled cheese sandwich on a, on a nice rainy day i want to listen to that All right. I'm, I, you think i'm being sarcastic i'll make I'm you a not. little i'll make you a little denim jacket no, I'm, ser- I'm i'm genuinely <laughs> serious about that i want to listen to because there's, there's a band called minus the bear it's like they're they're my denim jacket I just did a quick search online. There is no band named Denim Jacket. Thank you. All right. I stand corrected. You stand corrected, sir, with your cynical self. I had to do that. Uh, Peter. Sup, D. G. (laughs) D. What's up, D? It's M, but whatever. (laughs) Sup, D bag. (laughs) Sorry. What's your hidden talent, Peter? Uh, What what do you what's what's something you're really good at that no one knows about? I don't know that no one knows about it, but I do photography. And if somebody wants to do a little uh, research, they could find me following Super Movie Ball. But I'm not going to advertise it. Peter's got a really good eye. For the past seven, 16 years, I've had a wallpaper of his uh, that's really great <laughs> on my screen. He, he, No, that's really oh, good. I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. What? Yeah. No, it's funny. There's... I'm paying you a compliment, you jerk. No, I know you are. It's funny to me because it was a <laughs> random shot I took while I was out like on and a I hike. I love it. I love <laughs> it's it's a mushroom inside of a, an old tree stump and I love it because it looks it looks and it is 
professional, Ooh. and I love it. Well, it's thank inside you. my thing, and it's no, been I there since about. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been there since about 2006. No, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I wish right? I had an artistic talent. I yeah. I have zero artistic. Are you kidding me right now? Nothing. I got nothing. You just I can't draw. I can't. What? Oh, but that's different. What? I mean, like as far as like drawing and stuff, I can't do anything like that. I wish I'm I could ter- draw. I can't draw either. I'm terrible yeah. either. I wish I could take no. pictures. I don't have a hidden talent. No? Other than I can get the party started. Oh, Am I right, shit. people? Come on! <laughs> How about your boy? You forgot where the and whiskey bottle just was. just lost like 10 <laughs> listeners. What's that? You forgot where the whiskey bottle was. I uh, know. <laughs> uh, it's in front of him, it's people. <laughs> and he's like, can you get me a shot? Can you get me more drinks? <laughs> right in front, in front of him. you, idiot. <laughs> How is that not getting the party started? I'm talking about getting the party started as far as you like didn't a, keep it going. Hey, listen to me. <laughs> yeah, I can true. get people moving. I'm a gregarious person who can get the party started. Well, if he got it started, I wouldn't have remembered it was in front of him. Party started does not like get people drinking. I'm just saying like get people moving, motivated. How he's splitting here? Mm. I'm not splitting hairs. We a, probably wait a second. On. That's just, his talent is splitting hairs. I'm not splitting hairs. But we're here. We're there. Nowhere. Um, we got the question of the week, but uh, somehow we're missing something. Peter, are we missing something? I don't know. Are we supposed to do true truths, one lie? <gasps> two truths, one lie. Did you just call me a liar? Crazy thing is, it's true. All of it. Alright, so let's go for this episode. We're going to say, we'll go with uh, Charlie Cox. Okay. He is our leading man in this. You might know him as Daredevil. And the more recent uh, Marvel series from Netflix. So number one, he lives alone in London. Number two, he is the first non-American actor to play Daredevil. Number three, he had no idea Daredevil was blind until the day before his audition. Hmm. Say this again. So he lives alone in London. He was the first non-American actor to play Daredevil. He had no idea Daredevil was blind until the day before his audition. All right, Riley, you're our guest. I feel like... You've led me wrong like two times yeah, in my house. Yeah, I'm for sure going to get this wrong. Um, but I feel like there's probably some obscure 70s or 80s B-movie with Daredevil. And it's more than just the Ben Affleck one. <laughs> so there's probably, I'm going to say he's there's probably some other European person who's played Daredevil. Do you like the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie? I have not seen it since it came out. And I You've was, seen it, though? Yeah. But I was, Did you like I it? I was young. I don't know. I don't. I was stupid. I was a stupid kid. Who knows what so I So it liked. sounds like that's a yes. Wait a second. That sounds like a yes. I don't remember it, honest. honestly. I really don't even you remember You don't remember it. Okay. Yeah. I've I, I I seen both the theatrical release, and everybody's like, oh, watch the director's cut. It's better. Not better? No. <laughs> it's not better. <laughs> it's that same era, like that and Catwoman, and like there was just Ugh. superhero movies were it's very not as bad. It's bad as Catwoman, but it's pretty bad. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so, so, so lives alone in London. Lives alone in First London. non-American actor to play Daredevil, or had no idea Daredevil was blind until the day before his audition. That I can't believe he's that dumb. <laughs> he would, he's dumb. Well, yeah, he yes. would do a little bit of research. Yes. He would have I to feel, do a little I mean, research, you'd think, right? right? You'd think. That or he's dumb. I don't know. Maybe he's dumb. Ooh. I'm going to go with, because my first thought is that I was going to say the uh, foreign thing was a lie. I'm going to think it's true. I'm going against what I would normally go against because right. I've been wrong every single time here. Fair enough. <laughs> you have. Um, Man. And lives alone in London. That's so innocuous. So I'm going to say... Peter's really good at this. I would say because it's so innocuous, normally I would say that it is a lie, but because I would say that it's normally a lie, I'm going to say that it's the truth. So I'm going to say the really stupid one that he didn't audition is the truth, or that he didn't realize he was blonde and blonde or blind <laughs> until the audition is the truth. No, no, I'm blonde. Why don't you say yours before he spoils it so that we have yeah, a Yeah, just don't say yeah. So what do you think? I think that... He lives alone in London, and he's not the first non-American to play. I think the lie is he didn't know that he was playing. Because honestly, if he does, I have a comment about that, but we'll see. Let's hear your comment, because he he does not live alone in London. He lives with his brother in London. Hmm. Uh Hmm. So, so he didn't know he Daredevil is the first line. He didn't know Daredevil was blind. He did not know Daredevil was blind, and honestly, he is the he first non-American part of the Daredevil series. <laughs> oh. If I'm being honest, he is not very good because the fact that he didn't know Daredevil, who is a blind superhero, which is like the that's his thing. That's the attribute. That's a main attribute. Makes a lot of sense, and he is the worst part of that show. So what I read too, to give him a little credit, nah, he he nah, was just no not into comic me. books before that, and now yeah, he's he's gotten who cares? gotten really into comics since then. Who cares? That's, that's stupid. Like, that's that makes like, sense. That makes sense because he's the he's not he's the least strongest thing about that series on Netflix. Right. And at me, bro, at me, I don't care. It's kind of like saying you didn't know Iron Man was in a suit. Though. Thank you. Like that's <laughs> like that's Daredevil's thing. It's like a skinny white guy showing up for Luke Cage. Oh, Batman dresses up as a bat? I didn't realize. <laughs> it's his thing. Yeah, it's his thing. It's his thing. Is that tr- that's true? He didn't know Daredevil was blind. That's what. So uh, is that the one I picked? By the way, I don't remember what I picked. I think I picked that as a lie. So yeah, I was wrong I then. I was as wrong. always, Damn. I say I grab these from IMDb general trivia. Mm-hmm. So. Who can say if they're That's really true. right or wrong? But still. I try to grab things that you might have it heard or sense. not heard before. Honestly, honestly when I look at his performance, it makes sense. Because he doesn't he doesn't portray a blind man very well, to be I'll be perfectly honest with you. Alright. I like Daredevil, so I'm not saying I don't dislike Daredevil the series on Netflix. I'm just saying I don't it's not it's That's not, what I heard. And that's what good. I choose to hear. At any rate, two dollars <laughs> an hour. Let's uh Go ahead and delve into this. Before before we get into this thing, thank you, Peter, for that really great challenge. You sure thing. You this once again. Oh, yeah. You person. Idiot. Oh. I said person. Don't, come on now. You're a person, right? With a beard? Sometimes. And glasses, I think. I don't know. Let's get into Spew because he's going to help us with those delicious, horrible, nasty spoilers. Warning. Warning. Spoiler. Spoiler. I am Spoiler Protection Edict Widget. 
Ask you for short. You have been warned about the delicious spoilers coming your way from Ask and Spoiler Country you have cluelessly wandered into. Baby, baby, baby. Thank you, Spew. Uh, unlike Riley, you help us with those spoilers. <laughs> Riley is a fan of spoilers. I Riley, love them. Love them. Why? Come on. Give, give me give me a reason. Tell me I've time. I explained this already no. on the podcast, didn't I? On this podcast, yes. yes, but on this episode, no. Okay, on this episode, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're getting back to We're it. watching Stardust. <laughs> wow, the true podcaster Woo. getting us back on track. <laughs> man, I didn't even have he to is, get back on track. That was the worst segue wow. ever. He is a champ, man. That was the worst segue he ever. He just took a letter. No, I like if that, you though. You stole that from the, me. That was great. If you didn't know who the solid podcaster was on <laughs> this episode, it's Riley. He's bringing us back <laughs> like a champ. Uh, we're talking about Stardust. It's a 2007 movie, just like the movie we watched a few weeks ago. Yeah, Sunshine. 2007, and this Dennis is Stardust. Back on track. Sunshine. That's right. We got what? compound movies. We just talked about Showdown. Peter, help us out with Stardust. So this is, uh, as Max said, 2007. This is an event- adventure family fantasy, PG-13, which is interesting. Uh, we'll go on more about that. It is available on Netflix at this time, as of the time of this recording. Yes, it is. Uh, Netflix US, let me clarify. (gasps) Ooh, fancy. Uh, Directed by Matthew Vaughn. He also did Layer Cake, Kick-Ass, and Kingsman, both in the series. Yep. Uh, It is based on a story by Neil Gaiman. Uh, The cast, we have Ian McKellen, Charlie Cox, Sienna Miller, Henry Cavill, Peter O'Toole, Mark Strong, Jason Fleming, Rupert Everett. Hold on, I'm not done. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, Claire Danes, Robert De Niro, and Ricky Gervais. There's I like this cast a lot. How do you guys feel about this cast? It's a ridiculous cast. It's... Oh, what, what do you wait, 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 wait? What do you mean by that? All those names? What the heck? I think it's a very strong supporting cast with two decent leads. It's weird because of the leads. You're right. I think Charlie Cox and Claire Danes are just all right in this, and I think everyone else supporting them is pretty good. Yeah. Wow. I think that's okay, guys. What? 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 Nothing. What? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Let's get into so Mark Strong again. We've yeah, got Mark him Strong in another again. movie. Strong coming back. So He's that's not funny burnt though. To a crisp in this one. The, the note on first. this one, interestingly, I think, is he did two movies in 2007. That is true. He was working hard, man. Mark Strong is is solid. And I to be fair, it. he didn't have to be there very much for Sunshine. That is true. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have to be there a whole lot f- for, for this, this one. one. Well, no. maybe, kind of, maybe. Kind of, it cuts back and forth to him yeah, a lot. It does. In his own. You got to wonder how many scenes that really took like to how record. How do you guys feel about Neil Gaiman, uh, Peter? What do you know about Neil Gaiman? So I love uh, American Gods, the yeah. series that's airing oh, now. Oh yeah! Uh, my mom is a big fan of his really? books and stuff. Oh good! I like uh, some of his other. Uh, I've read a f- couple of his um, graphic novels. Sandman. What have you read? Um, yeah. Sandman so is we've great. got we've I got all those. Um, so I was expecting a lot from his writing. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't his screenplay. I don't think, but it was based on his books or stories. Um, so I was expecting a lot from him. Uh, but what did you think? I, I don't Me, know what you think about I it. I love Neil Gaiman. Okay. I, I love Sandman. I, I like a lot of his books. I love his sensibility. I've seen the documentaries on Neil Gaiman. I, if Neil Gaiman would be, I would be his friend. He, he is, <laughs> he's such a good person. He's such a light, like a lighthearted person. He's so out there. And I, and I feel he, he's kind of ethereal with his thought process and he's so dry and british and wonderful i just i feel like i could sit there and talk about him about 
anything and we would connect on a certain level and I, I know that's all how nerds feel all nerds feel that they can connect with people that they read that stuff but I really enjoy his work and I I have not read the graphic novel that this is based on but I really enjoy his stuff Riley how do you feel about Neil Gaiman and you've actually if I'm not mistaken have read the Stardust graphic novel this is based on is that correct yeah it's been a while okay um it i love neil gaiman i really like his stuff i i guess i would say this going into this expecting normal like american gods neil gaiman you're gonna be disappointed because if like if american gods is lord of the rings stardust is kind of the <laughs> hobbit yeah. Like it it's really? a it's a you fun guys feel that way. I feel that way about Stardust for sure. Okay. He's he's a great writer. I've got most if not all of his books. I really like his his style of writing. I love American Gods. Well, and as I mentioned, this PG-13. That's true. So, that's keep, true. You can keep keep yeah. going. Um <laughs> What does that mean? So is the Hobbit, I think was PG-13. I I feel but. like he should have been more mature. Yeah, in this movie, it is not it a ma- it is not a mature movie at but it all. Kinda... Should this okay based on the graphic novel that you read? Should this have been a more mature thing? I don't think so. Okay, no, no, well, I don't. That's interesting. I, don't think I didn't so. know that. Yeah, okay. No. Um, a lot of his stuff is more mature. Yeah, yes. a lot of his stuff. That, that's what I was expecting. Fa- it's fantasy, but it's yeah. more adult fantasy, yes. and it doesn't hold back, which is why I love Neil Gaiman. Yeah, it, it's very much that it it streams into the childlike wonder, but also. The mature, the macabre, maybe the s- certain types of adult themes that aren't normally for the fantasy realm of things. Normally, we think of fantasy realm, we think Lord of the Rings, we think Star Wars, very family friendly. Neil Gaiman goes beyond that, yes. saying that fantasy is for also for adults. And this, I the. Without without getting too graphic, I'll say a, a, on this show, a quick anyway. problem I have with this movie is it wants to do that, but it holds back, and it feels a little inappropriate at times. Which I'll get into specific examples as we walk through. Okay, I just I kind of want to get an overall. Also, before we get into the the main plot of this and do step by step, Peter, I want to talk about Matthew Vaughn. What? How are you on Matthew Vaughn? Do you are you familiar with him, Peter, at all? I am, but uh, are you? I'm mixed on his movies. Yes, I've I've seen his previous work. Um, what have you seen? I've seen the three I mentioned: Layer Cake, Kick Ass, and Kingsman. How the do you feel only about one those? I liked was Kick Ass. Oh, really? That's it. The only one I like is Layer Cake. See, I didn't like that. I like Layer Cake. I'm not a big fan of Daniel Craig, which is funny because I like James Bond, and I like and- Daniel Craig. Oh, really? I can't stand Daniel Craig, but mm. I like him in Layer Cake because I see him more in Layer Cake than I do as James Bond. Okay. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's interesting that you see it that way. Um, Matthew Vaughn, I feel like, has a weird vibe to all his work. Sure. All his work is has a v- weird vibe to it, and I can't put my finger on it. Riley, how do you feel about Matthew Vaughn? Where do where do you, have you seen a lot of his work? Where do where do you sit? I was doing on a little his... research because I don't. I think I read the novel, novel, not the graphic novel. I think oh, there's really? a novel. Is yeah. there a novel, novel, and then a graphic yes, and novel? Then a graphic novel, and I've not really? read the graphic novel. So okay. I read the novel. It has illustrations, hmm. but it's just on a Neil novel. Gaiman. But have you yeah. seen? Um, we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I know. I I know. Netflix. I was like doing research while you guys were talking about. No, you're fine. Gone. No, I um I don't. I'm not sure if I've seen anything 
else. So you haven't seen anything about it? You haven't seen haven't the seen, Kingsman? I haven't seen either Kingsman. Layer Cake or anything mm-hmm. like that? Kick-Ass. X, he's done one X-Men movie. I think I watched the first Kick-Ass movie. Uh, there's an X-Men movie. I and think I remember it's, not uh, first liking class. it. Okay. First Class. Okay, yeah, he did that? He did yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I like First Class. He did yeah, do First Class. Yeah, most people like First Class. For some reason, all his movies hit me weird except for this movie. Yeah. All his movies, for some reason, they, they hit me the wrong way. That is actually it, by the way. He's only directed eight things, and two of them are only announced. Can you read them off? So, Kingsman, Golden Circle, Kingsman, The Secret Service, X-Men, First Class, Kick-Ass, Stardust, Layer Cake. Okay, I don't like the Kingsman. I don't like the first one. I hate the second one. It's awful, and a lot of people agree with me. X-Men, The First Class, it's okay. A lot of people think that's the best X-Men movie. I totally disagree. I think his best work is this and Layer Cake. And I don't like Layer Cake that much. I think this is his best work. He's very divisive. This guy is very divisive. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. then I, I really like the first Kick-Ass myself. I've got it in Blu-ray on my shelf. Oh, I, you really like it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I can't say it's great. I wouldn't put it in a top thing of anything, but I liked it. The reason why I bring up Matthew Vaughn, because normally I, yeah. I bring up directors only as like a talking point like for like a couple minutes, sure. but I feel like his, his thumb print is all over this movie yeah his tone him taking i hope so his 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 taking neil gaiman's material and like and not twisting it i don't want to i don't want to do that but like putting his own stamp on it has an effect on this movie but anyway peter let's get into this movie as you can tell listeners i think that this is an interesting one peter and riley are not big fans of this movie, but I am. But we're going to step through this. And honestly, it's going to be a lively conversation, I feel. First off, other than the one with Riley, I, uh, his uh, Sunshine choice, I think this is the first example we've had of uh, someone, one of us choosing a example of an underappreciated movie versus a B movie. Yeah. So just to point that out real quick. Uh, so description on this movie is uh, this is uh, in a countryside in a countryside town bordering on a magical land. A young man makes a promise to his beloved that he'll re- retrieve a fallen star by venturing into the magical realm. So that's where we start. We open with uh, narration by Ian McKellen. Uh, he tells a story about a letter 150 years ago in England from a village called Wall. Local folk- folklore said the wall was a portal to another world. There's a guy that argues with an old man about getting through the wall, but he can't. The old man won't let him through. So he says he'll leave and he's walking away. And then he just turns around and, of course, runs through it and into the field. So the field is basically just past the wall. So I'm diving pretty far into the movie at this point, if you can't tell. Oh, really? Um, so I, I thought this was pretty cool, this first scene. So he gets into wall. This uh, magical realm. I think realm. all of this movie is very charming and very. Uh, it has a good feel to it. The whole mm-hmm. movie has a good feel to it. It it's an interesting feel. I won't I, give it that. It, I described this movie to my wife because she's never seen it. I described it as like a modern day Princess Bride. It's not as good. It's not as good. 
but I described it as that. It's it's a, it's a modern day fantasy um, movie because that's what Princess Bride was in the eighties. It was a modern day fantasy movie. People didn't talk like they did. Like though they're out, thou I should I yeah. protest thee. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. Like it it was very much a modern day like inconceivable like that that was very much modern day um america for princess bride and this is what this was in 2007 i think this is a modern day fantasy movie um in that way well so this guy ends up in a market it's kind of a cool market there's a lot of ridiculous things for sale he sees a lot of weird stuff like a you know double-sided elephant thing that's in a little teeny cage like the size of a dog and stuff and he ends up meeting this lady at a gypsy cart Okay, and the gypsy like walks away. He sees this girl who's confined by a chain. He tries to cut the chain. The chain won't cut. So he ends up going in and having sex with her as you would, um, which made no sense to me. Uh, anyway, that yes, I agree. That doesn't, she that, she had given him a flower track. just before that that track. he puts on his lapel, and uh, she says, "What does she say? It'll, they just it'll met. give him good luck or something." Oh, it's a, it's a bizarre beginning. It's a, it's a bizarre beginning. <laughs> it's a very if it's a very. I don't think anybody can feel? argue that one. No, it's weird. It's yeah, very it's for weird. Sure weird. <laughs> it's, it's but it's it's. I think it just it plays dives in, into it, the movie. Well, it dives into those movie <laughs> in the movie, and it plays on like the fantasy tropes that there has to be someone who was born to be the hero, and <laughs> no, you know, spoilers for later on in the movie. But like the, this, it it just had to happen, and they're just like, well, let's we could just tell you that this happened or we could just show it real fast right and move on right you know what i won't fault it for that because yeah. it lets things it lets the story happen and it lets it happen quick yeah right. this whole movie a lot of stuff happens in very short amount of time and i cannot fault it for that you can tell that it's it's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of callbacks at the towards the second half of the movie to the first half of the movie. A lot of callbacks. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. I, I typically enjoy that. This is not a perfect movie. But there's a lot of stuff that goes on in short amount of times. And most of it is for a reason. Whether you want to debate the reason being worth it or not is a whole other issue. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff that happens in short amount of time. Yeah. So, so the guy goes in, he meets this lady. As I said, he has his way with her. He returns home. Nine months later, he gets a baby delivered by the guard from the wall. The baby's name is Tristan. The guy kind of almost seems happy about it, which isn't kind of funny to me. Um, <laughs> he gets his baby at his door and he's like, oh, sweet. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, I, most think, he, people I think this guy not. is out for adventure and kind of takes life as it comes. That's why he crossed the wall. Sure. We'll go with that. So we get to see that. That's what I think. The title card. I'm just going to speak up here on my on my behalf. (laughs) Please do. Yeah. 18 years later, Tristan grew up knowing nothing about his beginnings. He is in love with a girl. We find out pretty quick that is Sienna Miller. Uh, She is not in love with him. She is so hot. He meets (laughs) Henry Cavill, (laughs) who who humiliates him outside of her window, aka Superman. And this is where I have another note where we get a second movie. (laughs) In this little what? setup of DC Ex- versus Marvel. Oh, it is DC versus Marvel. Right again, Peter. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. This is Superman, Superman versus, versus Daredevil. Daredevil. Daredevil versus Peter, you are Superman. nailing right. it. And so, Superman wins, which is I, what would happen. And Superman I, I knocks Daredevil on his butt. And I don't even put it together. Because <laughs> he's a, a blind idiot. Peter's putting okay. it all together. <laughs> Charlie Cox looks like a dweeb in this movie. You know Can why? Because Henry Cavill doesn't look like Henry Cavill. though. 
I don't yeah, mean Henry Cavill. No, Henry Cavill looks like a dweeb. They no, both look like dweebs. They do. Henry and Henry Cavill, Cavill doesn't not, look like himself. He doesn't look like he's Superman not a, at all. No, no, he's not, not a good at looking chisel. He's guy unrecognizable. In this, <laughs> no, in this he looks awful too. <laughs> he looks unrecognizable. <laughs> they both great. look like dweebs. He's actually pretty great in this. The way they did him, I think, because Who? he is Henry Cavill, because he he is a good looking chiseled man and everything. The way they made him in this he's movie like a is sniveling is, little jerk. Funny, yeah, yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. So anyway. I think this movie has pretty strong merits, honestly. I like the look of it. I like the setting of it. I like that it's like I won't 1800. Disagree. I won't disagree with that. It's got a, a good setting. 1800s, it's got a good yeah. like period film to it. Like sure. If somebody said, hey, this is a middle 1800s movie. The dress is be good. good. The but it's very costumes vibrant. are good. It's very vibrant. It's not like a dull drab. Well, the like, colors are muted but vibrant at the same time. At the same time, yeah. Because I I, they're very good. I always enjoy seeing fantasy that isn't trying to copy Lord of the Rings. Because usually you. when you say Thank fantasy, you. Yeah. you get elves, you get dwarves, you get orcs. Yeah. And I kind of like that. That's it's what I like about. People? That's what I like about Gaiman in, in general is his his fantasy. Whenever he goes into fantasy realms, they're not your standard typical yeah. fantasy yes. that everyone sure. copies from Tolkien. So exactly. I like. I like that about this movie. It's grounded in reality. Yes. His fantasy is always like genuine and comes from a very real place, which makes it real in a weird way. Well, it's easier to swallow. It is. Somehow. Mm -hmm. That's why I I, I genuinely love him. But I think they've taken the tone and the, the setting of that pretty well and put that in the production value of the movie. Um, I don't know if it's translated one to one from the graphic novel, but they've they've definitely got a certain style, and I can't hate on them for it because it feels like the 1800s. And if you said, "Hey, this is a period 1800s movie," you'd be like, "Well, it's a little more upbeat and bright than than I would expect." But it's still you you would say that this is definitely you know that that period of time. Well, you know, I love finding faults with that kind of stuff. I don't. I didn't read any kind of faults with that either so like i, I, just, I have I it in my know. notes i'm just like yeah i kind of i kind of enjoyed the look of this film it's sure. not the type of movie that's trying to go for like accurate 18, 1800s, no not at all because you know it depiction because it doesn't matter yeah. so not everything has to be brown and not everyone has to look dirty even they <laughs> even though everything was dirty yeah. and everything smelled bad back then because you know it just had to <laughs> but it kind of right. does it well right. at the yeah. same time yeah it's it's almost like it's casually correct Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that sounds weird. But I just had to bring it up because I do. I think that's one of the strengths. Of oh, sure. this, Of this film. No, you're right. I I will not fault it. That okay. it it does it. It's Thank good you. world building. <laughs> it is good world building. I got into the to the world, the setting. Okay, oh, I did you. get good. into that. Good. I'm glad. So so Tristan, he's working at a shop, he, but he's not a shop boy, as we'll find out. Uh, he gets fired for trying to help out his lady. Because uh, he does that at the expense of the regular customers, and he has to tell his father. Uh, he so after he's fired, he goes back to Sienna Miller's house again, and he is talking about like he has a surprise for her, and she says it's not her birthday. He thinks she snubbed him, and it turns out he's got a whole picnic set up with champagne, and she's impressed with that. Um, he does make the line to her, which I thought was kind of a, a good line that he's not a shop boy; he is just a boy working in a shop which i thought was kind of cool because people get pegged as what they're doing a lot of times and i don't know i whatever it's corny but i thought it was kind of no did you like that i I thought it was kind of a cool line riley what'd you think about that yeah because for sure uh you are in a lot of media you are your profession yeah there you go and i like that he's not his profession 
You know, that's that's easy. Way. Well, she works all the time. She's just you know a working woman, and like people, <laughs> like people yeah. kind of you get pegged as a you get pegged thing. as something. So yeah. I appreciate a movie that's just like no, like he's just line. a person who happens to have a job because yeah. normal people have jobs. In a shop. He's yeah. got other ambitions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he even scoffs at the the uh, Henry Cavill's character Humphrey, who wants to marry her. She says he's going all the way to Ipswich to get me a ring or mm. whatever, and he's like, "Ipswich? That's not far. I'd cross the oceans and mm. things like that." Yeah, I want to go to London. I want to go to France, you know, or whatever he's saying. So he wants to go. Her, she thinks these small things are like important. And he's like, "No, I'm dreaming way bigger than that. There's a whole world out there." Yeah, and that I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was good. He's a protagonist. He's he's the one that's just he's the dreamer. He's the adventurer. Yeah, and we're gonna travel along with him. So it's great that we see that he is willing to do anything for the person he loves, whether that person is deserving of it or not and he even i thought it was funny he offers to cut the head off polar bear and bring it back for her and she's like the head off a polar bear and yeah she's like she's turned off by that but i'm like that's the length you bring go. you bring me that polar bear head i'd be interested to know <laughs> i'd be interested to know how much involvement gaiman had with this because he's not the screenwriter yeah but Everything I've heard about him is that he's very involved with the projects that are using his that are using his stuff where he's always on hand to give advice and talk about it. I just wonder how much like some of those lines that we're talking about that we really like. Yeah. I have a feeling that Gaiman's there saying, What if you just added this just in this a little bit? Just say this there. He's yeah. very hands on with stuff sure. like that. Hmm? You don't know for no, sure. No, I don't know for sure. I just I, I know he's that way with a lot of his projects. He's very outspoken. I love yeah. Neil Gaiman. He's and, great. And he's just very so matter of fact. But he's also that kind of guy that's just like, you know what, you want to take this this book or this thing that I wrote and you want to do something else with it. I respect that because that's your art. Because he respects art. Sure. Mm-hmm. He under he understands the process. He understands that if you want to take this and you want to make it your own, you want to take it and put it yeah. into a film. I'm not going to step on that, but if you if you want my input, I'll, I'll definitely give it to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's usually kind of on point with his input. Yeah. When it comes he, to things he, like that. He's good at what he does. He's that guy is awesome. Man. He's a good, I love Neil good Gaiman. Dude. Man. Neil Gaiman, come on the show. <laughs> Please. So I would, another thing I'm I'd not going to fault to this movie for is all that we've talked about, and it's about to cut to another major scene, is we're only 10 minutes in. Yeah. So it's a lot happens in a short amount of time. It goes fast. Yeah, so it's coming a lot of for, for being, uh, it is kind of a long movie. I think it's two hours and six minutes or something. It's very long. Um, it's a long movie, it's but long. there's a lot to happen. So I can't fault a movie if it moves. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so in the next major scene here, we cut to uh, inside the wall, the land of wall. Uh, the king is on his deathbed. He is choosing an heir from his four sons of the seven original. He, we learned that the father killed all 12 of his brothers before he took the throne. So, Isn't that kind of crazy to anybody else? Yes. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but that's that kind of Neil Gaiman ridiculousness that's just like, yeah, this guy who became king, he did some atrocities in order to become king. Yeah. This has to be one of Peter O'Toole's like last roles, right? It he has looked, to be. He's looking old. He looked very know. old. He, I don't know. Is he alive still? I don't no, even know. No, he's, he's dead. I was going to say. He's dead. I love, by the way, I love Peter O'Toole. He's amazing. He's an amazing actor. If you don't know who he is, please look him up. So he plays the king in this. Yeah, he plays, he the, plays king. the king in this. He looks very old. He doesn't, he doesn't move. Absolutely. His, his <laughs> performance in just about everything, it doesn't matter if the movie's good or bad, it's a, always a standout performance because he's a class act. So he's he, one of those guys that's just like, 
absolutely just captivating. No he matter did what he's seven in. Seven movies after this. Oh, seriously? Wow. Okay. But I was way off. But he died in 2013 at the age of 81. Yeah. His last movie came out in 2017. So that one's sitting on the shelf for a while. Yeah. So he's <laughs> very prolific. Just to point that out. So very yeah. prolific. Yeah. Um. Prince of Arabia, that's mm-hmm. the one he's known for, but he's known for a lot of other stuff. I he he's just amazing. He's just amazing. Uh also we have Mark Strong in this. Yep. Um there's there's actually a lot of really known um known actors. Oh yeah, I mean I named some of them at the beginning, but there's a lot of other people. You'll you'll recognize the faces and the performances Definitely. in this. There's like that guys from the IT crowd, that yep. other guys from Spaced, yep. the the other British show. Yep. Uh, he's alive. With Simon Pegg. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of good stuff uh, in this show, or in this show, in this movie, and I love it. How do you guys, right now we're watching this as we always do, we're screening this as we watch it. How do you guys feel about the ghosts in this movie? I know we haven't talked about that yet, Peter, and I'm sorry if I'm skip, skipping ahead. You're fine. So, just to say the the ghosts of the brothers that are killed until the next king takes the throne are are there and watching so we get these ghosts that are following the brothers around the whole time yeah that are like joking about watching you know all the scenes to play out and stuff so they're kind of the comic relief i think it's kind of a fun gag i thought because it was funny. the brothers all kill each yeah. other because they each want to be the king and they, you know, so the younger one will kill an older one, and it keeps going on and on. So I, it's kind of a fun gag, yeah. Where you see a couple brothers die, and then eventually they're all ghosts watching because they've all killed each other. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's comical. It's good. It plays well and it tracks during the movie. Um, honestly, I'm just gonna. This is spoiler alert, but <laughs> there's not a whole lot in this movie that I don't like. <laughs> so there, there there are some things in this movie that I don't like and I'll speak up about but there's mostly this stuff that I like the ghosts in this movie are just so wonderful and such a great comic relief thing that I I feel like it's definitely worth mentioning so I just wanted to bring that up. So I want to ask. Yeah, go ahead. So you like the ghosts? I don't dislike them. Yes. Who are they for? They're they're disfigured from dying. Uh-huh. They're laughing about dying. They're comic relief. They're for children, clearly. Okay. But they're almost a little more mature than I would let my kids watch if I had kids. If I had smart kids, I'd let them watch, which I probably would. And I feel like a teenager would be bored with it. Uh, again, this this hits a sweet spot for... This is a very specific set of comedy ideas. Is that your... Is that... I'm noticing a tone... Is that your problem? Is that this hits sort of a sweet spot and not a, uh, it doesn't. In other words, uh, there's several scenes in this movie. Yes, that's where I'm going. That it hits like maybe 11, 12 year old, and that's it. Period. Okay. That's it. I figured. Um, I I don't know I don't if, I don't disagree. With who that. did they play to? I don't in this. I don't disagree with As that. As an adult, I'm bored with it because it's not mature enough. It's kind of funny, but it could be more gruesome because I'm the one watching it. But, like, I wouldn't let a kid watch it? You wouldn't let a kid watch this? Why not? A kid that would like fantasy that's, like, eight, I wouldn't let him watch it. Why not? A teenager would be bored with it. Uh, eight? I'd let an wa- eight-year-old watch this. Why not? Because of some later scenes, I wouldn't let him watch it. Okay. <laughs> Grabbing animals and just cutting them open? 
what animals? They don't show anything. It's implied, but it doesn't show anything. I think it's more than implied, but I, mean, I don't know. That's where, okay, I, okay, that's that's, where I get a little weird on That's a bad term and not implied. It doesn't actually show it. You're correct. You're correct. It, it doesn't, doesn't actually show it. Show it. Um, it's not I feel like it's inappropriate okay, it's bad, to show bad, kids at that age it's to cut blood. animals it's open. It's actually, that's what happens. Because that's when serial killers are made. <laughs> wow. And they start with animals. Jeez. Now, anyway. we're get, now we're getting into something else. No, you, you, God. You're right. We're getting into something else. You're talking about serial killers, man. And we're getting into something else. I, 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 I'm not... Look, if you want your kids watch this, that's fine. I just... I mean, I would, but if you don't, if you don't want your kids watching, if you don't want your kids watching, that's fine. But I just, I feel like I would. I, I feel so. All I'm saying is, it's a weird spot that they hit. I can't, I can't disagree with that. And you know what that is? I feel like that's Matthew Vaughn. All right. He, he's the problem with this. He, do you remember when I said earlier that? Yeah. I have a problem with Matthew Vaughn mm. and that I don't like a lot of his stuff because it's weird tonal shifts and it's weird. He has weird tones to his stuff. Yep. Anybody else, I think, would knock – not – no, I wouldn't say that. I would knock it side apart, but I, I just feel like other people would make this – Choose a side. Choose a side and stick to it. Sure. And stick to that tone. Matthew Vaughn has problems with tonal shifts. Sure. sure. He has problems with – or not tonal shifts, but sticking to a tone. That's why um, the Kingsman. I don't like the Kingsman. I didn't either. And for that the mo- same reason, actually. That movie. It, that movie hits like. Am I supposed to be having fun? Is this supposed to be serious? Is this supposed to be edgy? Is this supposed to be in my face? Is this supposed to be tongue in cheek? Like I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling exactly, right now. Exactly, it fell flat for me. Layer cake. Yeah. Mostly sticks to tone, but not quite. But it works with Daniel Craig because Daniel Craig doesn't know where he's at. Daniel Craig <laughs> wants to be charming. He wants to be charming and also in your face. And I'm sorry, Daniel Craig, Mr. Potato Man. That doesn't oh. work for me. I'm sorry. I don't like him. It doesn't work for me. It You're doesn't work. Like him. Huh? Yeah, I know I'm not a lot like him. It's America. I don't like him. And it doesn't work for me. That's... To me, this movie and and Layer Cake are Matthew Vaughn's best movie, and there's a reason why the second Kingsman movie didn't work is because that movie is all over the map. <laughs> okay, it's all over the map, and I agree with you. I can't say that this movie isn't all over the map. I just think that because they don't actually show anything, and that an intelligent kid would be like ooh ooh you know they'd put that to the back of their mind like i know what happened but i'm going to put that to the back of my mind and just like you know because i didn't see it not that it didn't happen but it's just you know it's there but i agree there's some there's some kind of stuff that's just like ugh like sure that actually happened they didn't show it right right but it happened in context i can't disagree with that at all i can't and, because, and and like I said, I kind of corrected myself there where it said that it's implied. It's not implied. It's just not shown. Sure. It's actually there. It's, it's not, not shown. It's not flat out shown. You're right. But, but it I, does I think that's a, a fault of Matthew Vaughn because he has a problem with tone. Sure. Riley, am I off base? Am I not? Yeah, I know you're not familiar with Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, I don't Vaughn. know much about Matthew Vaughn. I would say um, – I don't. I guess I don't 
picture first class x-men first class having tonal problems and that's really the main oh really that's the only one of his i've seen more than once okay um see everybody thinks that's the best x-men movie i don't think it's the worst i think think it's it's one of the better ones i think think it's it's one of the better ones but i i just i have problems with it because it's to me emotionally that movie's all over the map and i know i'm Mm -hmm. talking about an x-men movie so i'm like what are you talking about emotionally (laughs) It's not a deep movie, but it it does have, it does have that tone where it's kind of it wants to be super serious and it wants to talk about the concentration camp and the Nazis, but then it also wants to talk about the 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 crazy sixties and how much fun and free love we're having, and then <laughs> yeah. also Cuban Missile Crisis. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's true. It's that's fair. all happening in that movie, and. That may be the screenwriter's fault, but I've noticed that consistency with his movies, and this is also one of his movies. And I feel like with this movie, because it's a fantasy movie and because it's a real uh, realism and fantasy are converging and crashing into each other and sort of Neil Gaiman has that thing where it takes fantasy tropes and smashes it, smashes it into reality – he loves doing that. He loves taking fantasy tropes and then just like smashing it in and saying, "Hey, what if this was the real world? And what if a fantasy character or what if a what if a person smashed into a fantasy realm? What would that be like?" Sure. Neil Gaiman loves doing that. Um, I think it sort of works here because uh, Matthew Vaughn has problems with the fantasy, or has problems with tonal shifts. Is basically what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, uh, he co-wrote this screenplay, Matthew Vaughn did, with yeah. um, Jane Goldman. Yeah, Jane Goldman and Matthew Vaughn seem to co-write everything he's done. They did this. They did Kick-Ass. They did both of the uh, Kingsmen, hmm. X-Men, First Class. So they, they apparently co-write everything. So, again, that's another thing where I just wonder how much involvement – game and had because i don't remember the the novel having those problems in tone where sometimes it seemed like to me what i remember of the novel the impression i got is that it was very much a fun adventure romp sure. much in the vein of, right. of the hobbit that's what that's what this is it's like yeah it's supposed to be an adventure romp and it's possible there were some things that got a little dark in the novel but because it's a book and you're not seeing it 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 plays (laughs) better yeah and then when you translate that to screen it's like oh these tones really don't match right and i feel like that's the kind of thing that's that's the job of the screenwriter is to decide which things fit with the overall tone of what you're going for and and keep those things in and maybe don't keep the the scenes that that don't match with that in that's perfectly said because there's plenty of books that i've read that are completely dark and then when i see an adaptation i'm like i really like that adaptation of it but when i think about the book i'm like wait a second that book is much darker than this adaptation so why do i like the adaptation so much it's because the tone is very even like through the beginning all the way through the end it has a nice uh follow-through through that so um i agree with that analogy not analogy but i think assessment no it's just when you when you translate it to screen things are just you have to do it differently you know you can't yeah, just put yeah. the book on the right. on the screen 
Well, because so as we're saying, if you grab an animal and cut it open on the table, you can just say that in the book or whatever. Yeah, and then it's and you done. you visualize it in your head or you don't. Yeah. And whereas on the movie, it's a very interesting choice to show it or not. Yeah. And if you show it just below the cutoff of the camera and the thing, it's like, oh, geez, that's happening right in front of me, even though I can't see it. Yeah. That's a little See, dark. for me, because, and can we get into that a little bit? And well, but Peter, you can also like with ahead. the with uh, so I don't want to interrupt, but I am. But um, <laughs> with the with the faces of all the ghosts of the way that they've died and stuff, you can say, um, you know, this guy died because he fell off of a building, and, or this guy drowned, or this guy got an axe to the head. Sure. And then you're every time you think of those ghosts, you don't picture someone with an axe in their head. But if you're a little kid and every time the ghosts are on screen and you have this guy with an axe in his head, it's like right there in front of you again. So it's just novels are just different because you picture what you want to picture when you're reading them and you get people skim read. Because in the novel they describe it once and then they keep saying like so-and-so said, so-and-so said, so-and-so said. And it's, it's different. So you picture it or you don't. Right. So, yeah, that is very valid. Yeah. That so, is very valid. So it no, it is it is true though because it's it's whatever it's the tonal thing of the movie because it's yeah. what they choose to show. Right. And th- my point with it, and and you're backing it up absolutely. So I'm not saying we're different. No, 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 no. But no. but they're they're choosing to half show things. Yeah. And it is interesting because it's not just like a book, I suppose, because you would choose to see it or not, but they kind of half show it to you. So you could figure out what's going on or you Mm. could not. Yeah. So they grab an animal and just right below the camera, you know, cut it open and you hear it. You hear the noise. You see them grab things out of it. You see them grab a heart out of a ferret or a weasel or whatever. Okay. See, this is, it's like, okay, so I can choose to envision that or not, but it just happened right in front of me. See, that's why I think it's Matthew Vaughn because right. – sure, uh, Yeah, sure. I totally agree. I, I agree with you. I think it's Matthew Vaughn because he has a way of doing things that are very off-putting, and I'm not going to cite examples because uh, Kingsman, to me, uh, is is very off-putting. There's a reason <laughs> why I don't like that movie especially towards the end and everybody who's seen that movie knows what I'm talking about. The very end of that movie is extremely off-putting. And I and and it's and it's down to Matthew Vaughn. It's down to what he perceives and what he puts on the screen. And I think that's I hate that because I like this material. I like where it goes and I think there's some good things in it, but like you said, Peter, that I can't, I, I can't argue that I wouldn't let my kid watch that because I mean, I said I would, and I still would, I stand by that, but I, I can't argue that you wouldn't let your kid watch it. It's because yeah, they do stab and they make that noise and they do pull things out. And I'm like, yeah, well, how would I feel if my kid saw that? How would I, how would I feel if, if, if they, well, and again, we're splitting hairs over age, too. No, 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 no. We are. I mean, uh, but, but, but also it is PG-13, so they're saying it's you're you're not yeah, supposed you're to take your But above 13, I feel like they wouldn't care. You're that's, on the border. That's the point you're like making earlier. This is worth talking yeah. about. This is worth talking about. Yeah. So, because... We've talked about that with other movies, yeah, though, too. Yeah, but it's, it's not just like an age thing. It's, for yeah. me, um, Princess Bride, sure. I have no problem with any part of that movie showing yeah. a kid. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Nothing. Right. Not one. There's a torture scene yeah. in Princess Bride. I no seriously, there's yeah. a torture scene. Yeah. If we think about it, there's yeah. a torture scene in Princess Bride. We would not have one 
problem. You know why? Because all of us saw that scene as a kid. Yeah. In Princess Bride. Are we scarred by that? Not really. Right. Not really. Yeah. Not a, I mean, it's the hero and something I bad mean, is happening to him. To this day, I don't want to be tortured. <laughs> so in that, yeah, but... So in that, you know, maybe it did scar me because I don't oh, want to be tortured. No person wants to be tortured, <laughs> but... I don't know. He's got a point. But I'm saying <laughs> there's something about Matthew Vaughn films that kind of leave you with an icky feeling. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And this one is no exception. I will say that. This one is no exception. There's something about his movies that kind of leave you feeling with like a... I feel a little dirty. So this is an interesting <laughs> one. This is a good choice. It's because it's interesting a lot to, to talk, talk about. about. Yeah. Yeah. Even if we, some of us don't. I love genuinely, it. I genuinely, I know you guys don't like this movie. I genuinely enjoy this movie, well, but this movie, like it. <laughs> this movie leaves you with all. Ma- I I will say this, and this I'll say this about Quentin Tarantino movies too. Ooh. They leave you with an icky feeling. That's another. They leave you with like this. Fe- it is a discussion, and I should. Ha- I'm gonna have a bonus stage thing about that, and it's it's gonna be a real hot take about Quentin Tarantino. But that's neither here nor there. Take. Yeah, that's neither here nor there. I got a, I got a deep theory about. Hope him. I'm not in that one. You're not gonna be. That's it's gonna be this. I'm just because I got, a, I got a hot I'm take about that. <laughs> but I'm gonna say this: that Matthew Bond movies leave you with like a an icky feeling. It's like a film, sure, that you can't wash off immediately yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. I said too much. We're already running too long. So Peter, let's just get through All this right, as best so we can. We ended up with hit the uh, highlights if you would. Sure. So the king sitting around with his sons, and there's the dead ones there. So the father, the king, he decides to do something uh, untraditional after he notices his daughter is not around anymore. And they say, you know, only the next uh, king can be the heir uh, to the throne. So he takes off his necklace, which is like a ruby thing. It floats, glows white, and only he of royal blood can restore the ruby. That's right. And will be the new king of Stormhold. So Stormhold is the name of the world within the wall, apparently. It's the magical world. So it flies away, it being the ruby, flies away into the night, and then we see a star. It hits a star. Falls back to Earth. Basically. Yeah. Abridging a lot. So back to the regular world. (laughs) If you want to see this, this is on Netflix. It is on, it's on there. Yeah, it's on Netflix as of this recording. I'm sure you could probably find it other places too. Um, so Tristan and Victoria are still having their uh, little picnic. They see it fall. He says he'd get the star for her hand in marriage. She agrees. She gives him one week. So we see the star is a lady, and it is Claire Danes. And there's the necklace is laying by her. So my notes get really, really short after this. I understand. <laughs> Please jump. Uh, in. Do you guys? I take it you don't like Claire Danes, Peter. Uh, no opinion. One I, way or the other. I yeah, that's how kind of how I feel. I think okay. Claire Danes is fine. I I think I, I think her and Charlie Cox are kind of the weak part of this movie, which is a shame because they're uh, the stars. So yeah, literally. And, well, and that's what I'll say. So the the <laughs> her and Charlie Cox have a have a scene coming up here where she. <sighs> Skipping a bunch of stuff. <laughs> can I can I say something? Yeah, go ahead, please. Um, real quick. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I've been oh, talking no, no, no. a lot. You're fine. I'm the only person. That likes it's your this. movie. Yeah. I'm the only person that likes this movie, but I like Claire Danes. We should have Chelsea on for this one. Not me. I know, man. I like Claire Danes. I think Claire Danes is really good. I think she's really charming in this movie and in general. Um, Charlie Cox is just. I'm sorry. I don't like him in Daredevil. I don't really care for him in this. He's just kind of blank slate. You know, he's, I, he's like a he's just like I a like regular him for Boardwalk Empire though. I never seen I that. Seen that. Yeah. I haven't seen that. He's a regular dude. Right. He's that regular dude. He's just regular blank slate dude. 
you know, without being rude or whatever. But he's just, yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't dislike him. I don't, I don't love him. But he's fine. That's all I got to say. I, I guess I've, I've been kind of unfair to Claire Danes in this movie. She is better than Charlie Cox in this movie. I think she, she is. She's more interesting. She has more personality than he does in this movie. I don't think he has... He's like... I don't know. He's kind of... We're supposed to, like, great. imprint ourselves on him, but it's it's not... Yeah. But that's not the character, and that's not the role. We want a character from him. So yeah. He's, he, he's, not, he's not that one where it's like you envision yourself as that person. Like, James Bond, like, he's a vicarious character. In other words, you're supposed to imprint yourself sort of on him. I don't want to be James Bond. James Bond sucks. You don't. I do. I want to be James Bond. <laughs> so um, he's what that's they... a, that's a generational thing, and I get that. <laughs> but I want to be James Bond. He, that's that's yeah. and it's it's a throwback to yeah. the 20th century. You're not from the 20th century. I am. So that's not an insult. That's not an insult. I like it. No, not at all. We're in the 21st century. I'm the one that's behind, not him. <laughs> if anything, that put that's an insult on me. I'm I'm from the 20th century. That's an insult. I'm supposed to do that, but this character. He's not the one you're supposed to envision yourself as. He's supposed to be his own standalone character in this movie. Charlie Cox is Tristan. Tristan is supposed to be his own character, but he's not. T- tell me one thing about that's great about Tristan in this movie. He smiles a lot. Thank you. What else? He's got a weird, awkward, goofy smile like Jim from The Office. What else? I heard he didn't realize that his character was supposed to be blind until after they finished filming. <laughs> I think I think you're thinking about something wrong, else. Wrong. Oh, wrong thing. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all right. It's understandable because he does uh, kind of seem like he could play this role blind. <laughs> he could. Um, no, he's, he's what they would call a Mary Jane for your typical female role where they write female characters for women as love be, interest yes exactly he's so, basically yeah. love he's interest only heart he's our protagonist but do you, does anybody care to be him no i, I don't, don't want to be him. him i think he's stupid he's in love with this girl that doesn't love him but he'll do all he'll cut a head off a polar bear i wouldn't do that for some girl <laughs> yeah, yeah she's incredibly shallow yeah and she's does, the obviously worst. doesn't love him she's the worst she's the worst she makes fun of him she laughs at him as face nah i don't care you guys seen the lost city of z by the way no i haven't you gotta see it if you like sienna miller she's very good in it I, it's on my list good good movie good <laughs> it's on my list. i, I want to see it so we end up seeing... Just just roll through this, Peter. Don't worry about my feelings. I know you guys don't like this movie, and it's fine. <laughs> so after we see uh, her with the necklace spire, nice. we, we end up cutting to a scene of three witches that are all crazy about the fallen star. These are like the 20th characters we've been introduced to, by the way. There There's are a, a lot, lot of characters, characters in okay, this movie. Okay, this is the one I'm not thing even about gonna this name. movie. There are... T- <laughs> <laughs> this movie yeah. is movie's very hard to do a podcast about, only because I wasn't thinking there are... A ton of characters in this movie there are there are a ton of characters because we haven't even met them all yet we haven't even met them all after the witches there's more so peter just skim through this just cliff notes man just run through it i am it's not even a full page of notes to get through the end of the movie (laughs) good good uh so three witches are all crazy about the fallen star they're looking for babylon candles they're all gone they learn they're rare so they kill a ferret for info or a weasel or whatever they read its innards which they cut open right on screen even though we don't really see it but you do at the same time uh to learn who should go so it turns out the one michelle pfeiffer gets the she ends up being the chosen one to go because she gets the heart even though she cheated she gets the power from the last star that they had to go retrieve it she turns younger and she's back in shape again funny scenes ensue can i stop you yep okay let's uh i'm gonna do something and let's cut this short. 
because I'm realizing that I'm the only one that cares about this movie and listening to you describe it is good. You're doing a great job, Peter. But I think we should talk about what we like about this movie, what we don't like, and then move forward. Because I think if we do a step-by-step of this movie, it's not going to do it justice. I think that if you want to watch this movie, you should just watch it. Wow. It's on Netflix. It's available. Jeez. But no, no, because I don't – I think terrible. I have a lot to say, but I don't think everybody else has a lot to say. So can I'm we... interested to hear what you have to no, say. No, we've got stuff to say about it. We can say stuff about it. All right. Well, then – There's stuff I like about this movie. Okay. Can we can we start with Riley, and then yeah. we'll go to me, and then no, Peter. I know I you just, have something to say. I go just ahead. don't want you to like feel like you shouldn't say stuff about the movie. There's stuff I like about the movie. I'd be interested to hear what you say. I know. I'm cutting it short. Okay. This is me cutting it short. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's all good. I'm cutting it short because look, you're right. The more I hear about this movie, it has too many characters. There's a lot of plot points. And we're already, and listeners know this because they're listening to this, we're an hour in. Okay. <laughs> we're an hour in. And, and into the movie, we're only 22 minutes. We're only 22 minutes in, and this is a two-hour long movie. A lot of stuff that happens in this movie. There's it's a, a lot, lot of stuff of that stuff. happens in this movie. So, Riley. It doesn't hit, really slow down. Hit, it doesn't slow down. So, Riley, hit us up with what you like and what you don't like about this movie. That's the only reason, Peter. I'm not, I don't want you to feel no, like. No, you're fine whatever it's I'm just, your choice i'm, I'm looking no i'm looking at this and we're recording it's an hour in and every, i want everybody to have their peace but i want it to happen right now because we have three people talking right now and i kind of want everybody to have their peace and say it in and then we're just going to be done from there sure. i like michelle pfeiffer in this i think she plays the villain very well yeah um i like the ending fight it's a it's a fun imaginative fight. She's kind of got like a voodoo doll. Oh, uh, with her and Tristan. Yeah, with okay. her and Tristan. I thought that made no sense though. Oh, really? It doesn't. But it's like it's She's fun visual. Doll around ahead of time before she puts it in the water. Oh and no! Then suddenly she puts it in the water and he's. I know floating. for sure. I know for sure. <laughs> She's like kind of trying to control um, him with a voodoo doll, and she yeah. controls like someone who had already died with a voodoo doll. So he's like fighting this corpse. It's fun visuals. It, it doesn't. Is. It doesn't make a ton of I, sense. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It seems like one of those things where they thought, which I guess it's from the novel. So, but they they were thinking this looks. This is something that would be really fun to look at, even if we don't have you know. Right. Sometimes right. you even get if it doesn't you, make sense. Even if it doesn't make sense, you get in your head. You've got like these set pieces in your head where this is going to look really cool on screen. Sure. And you just go with it, and it does. It looks pretty cool on screen. Um, I like. Do you like pirate ship? Pirate ship's all right. I like pirate ship. I like the pirate crew. I like that. Uh, okay. I like that we run into pirates and they're not like evil, mean, terrible pirates. They're just kind of fun pirates. I like fun pirates. I've been playing Sea of Thieves a lot. If anyone oh, wants, you have. if anybody wants to play Sea of Thieves with me, hit me up. I need, I, I need a crew. I would, but I'm not. I'm not gonna pay, spend sixty bucks know, to play it. I'm sorry, man. It's so much fun though. Uh, if I had an Xbox <laughs> One, I'd play with you. Sorry. It's, I, so I'm real into pirates right now. So I like these pirates because I'm just into pirates. What do you? Okay, so let's. That's more interesting. Let's talk about that. Fun, what do you like about pirates. it? About Sea of Thieves? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, it's so much fun. Can we save it for a bonus episode? Sure. Uh, I'll save do a little for, quick little bonus. For bonus episode. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, I, There's not a... I don't hate this movie is the thing. I've seen it several times because my wife loves this movie. I don't think it's yeah, a bad... Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, I Thank don't you, think Chelsea. it's... Thank you, Chelsea. I love you. Yeah, You're Chelsea, great. Yeah, You're Chelsea loves this movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. <laughs> I just... I, I think I'm kind of done seeing it. 
I did not watch it again. <laughs> I did not watch it again for this because I she watched it seriously within the last couple months. I've seen it. Yeah. Because she rewatches it all the time. It's Ugh. it's an it's a it's an okay romp. There are my biggest complaint is that there are better gaming novels that you could have made into a movie. This is true. There are better um, silly. If you if you want to watch a Neil Gaiman movie, go watch Coraline because it's so much better. I love Coraline. <laughs> I haven't finished it. I started so good. it. I haven't finished it yet. I love Coraline. I got interrupted. That's why. Not because it wasn't good. <laughs> I love Coraline. He has um, he has one called Neverwhere, which I think would make a really fun adventure, and it's a little lighter. I love Neverwhere. Yeah, it's like so. There's this is not my favorite Gaiman. I'm glad. I'm always glad to see his stuff get adapted, but this is not my favorite Gaiman. So I guess there's a, my good and bad. I didn't have much good. But. Um, here's my thing with this movie. I love the feel of it. I love the adventure side of it. I think that Tristan is not a good uh, avatar or window into the world as far as you can put yourself or maybe not put yourself into his boots or root for him because that's what you're supposed to do with with the protagonist. You're supposed to either identify with them right. or root for them. I, I don't because there's nothing there to root for. <laughs> He's kind of bland. And that's a problem with Charlie Cox, and that's why we're talking about Daredevil. Yeah. He's the he's the weakest part of Daredevil for me is that because I don't identify with anything uh, when it comes to him. I keep seeing him as blind in this. And I know. He and looks I, like he's blind all the I time. I understand <laughs> when you guys say that Claire Danes – I can see that Claire Danes is not very strong. I enjoy Claire Danes, but I could understand people that don't enjoy Claire Danes and Charlie Cox in this role. Um, the, the supporting cast is really what makes this movie. Mm-hmm. It's got a strong supporting cast. It's got a strong support. Uh, like When I say strong, it's amazing. You guys should look it up. It's it's definitely worth checking out um, on Netflix. I think the movie is funny and fun at times. There's good um, comic relief. It's got good points in it where there's a lot of good twists on fantasy tropes. And I think that's mostly Neil Gaiman, not necessarily the writing of... Matthew Vaughn, the director. The one thing I do not like and I want to talk about is Robert De Niro. (laughs) You don't like the pirates. Peter knows this about me, and I'm sorry this is a very hot take. I'm not a big fan of Robert De Niro in general. I think he's overrated. If you want somebody to play an East Coast like gangster or like weirdo New Yorker, Robert De Niro is your man. Anything else, he's not good at. The only time. The only time, <laughs> the only time Robert De Niro is good outside of that is a movie called Ronin, with um, uh, I can't remember his name in, but that's that's a really good movie that Robert De Niro is in. Other than that, I'm not a Robert De Niro fan. I know I'm in the minority. A lot of people like that. I I don't I don't care for him, and he's horrible in this movie. His line delivery is terrible. He he's terrible. He plays this gay pirate sky pirate it's awful <laughs> i hate it it's the worst part of the movie watching you describe this is the best but part they're of the fun movie. nice pirates no, I love it's pirates. no it's not no it's not the pirates are good he is not he is not he's not good in this movie it has nothing to do with his sexuality it's just that he doesn't portray that very well 
and I just it 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 it, it falls short for me, and it has to do with Robert De Niro as an actor. It's poor casting more than anything else. It's poor casting. Well, I think that's supposed to be the point, though. Is if, he's a big manly man and stuff. And you know who's else. in this movie that should have been that character <laughs> is Rupert Everett. Yeah. Rupert Everett dies early in this movie. Yeah, he's the oldest son. If Rupert Ed, Edward was the uh, was the gay pirate. I think that would have worked better. Yeah. I think that would have worked a lot better because Rupert Everett has played a convincing gay man. He was in My Best Friend's Wedding with Julia Roberts, which I don't really like that movie, but <laughs> he 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 would have played a more he would have played a more convincing uh, character for this because it's it's he he could portray the manliness and then also the femininity of, of that side of it. And that's what doesn't work. Not Mark for me. Strong. Mark Strong could do that too. <laughs> Just kidding. No, he's a he's a strong enough actor. No, no pun intended. Oh. And also for the last one, I forgot to mention Mark Strong is strong because he picks one guy up by his hand in Sunshine. Oh, you missed that I one. missed that you one. Missed that joke. I had it in my notes and strong I forgot. Strong and strong. To, I, I I could show you it is. But anyway, strong is strong. But he could definitely portray that because he could do that. But I just that's the worst part of this movie for me. I know a lot of people. It's Ricky Gervais. And I'm not a big fan uh, of Richard, a, Ricky Gervais. He's a short part of the movie. Though. Oh, he's a very short. I honestly, movie. before we but, started tonight, I forgot he was in it, and I've seen it several times. Exactly. He's hardly. But in Robert it. De Niro stands out because the casting is so poor. I don't. I don't buy him as this as this character because I, I feel like somebody else should portray that character because I think they could have brought a lot of heart to that character because it informs. Um, Tristan's character throughout the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's the one that turns Tristan into a man, into the hero that we all want, you know. And he doesn't inform that as well. And I and I feel that's kind of a bummer. I I like the the fantasy elements and how they play into the real world. I I like um, just s- sort of just playing on certain tropes and just being funny. And how all of the supporting cast play off each other. It works really well. And I like the look of the film and the the film. The film and how it it hits the viewer. We're watching right now the scene where everybody sort of gets poisoned. And it's very Princess Bride to me. And that you don't know what's going to happen from moment to moment. And it really just gets you involved in the film. At least for me. I don't know. I can't speak for the other guys. It works for me very well. I think it's a very good film. I think it it just has a lot to it. It has a very great sense of adventure. We're talking about Sunshine a couple of weeks ago, how that movie was an adventure. Yeah. I think this movie falls under that category of yeah. adventure. Yes, this is not an adventure. Yes, this, this is for is sure an adventure. This is definitely a right. yeah. adventure. I know, Peter, you me. wanted to talk about more. You had like something that you wanted to say, so I'm going to pass it over to you because I'm kind of running out of steam That's over fine. here. No, so to wrap up, I'll, my take on it is this movie is a great example for our listeners who are not really into B-movies because we know there's a few of you out there, even though you listen to us for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Riley's raising Riley his hand. hand. <laughs> uh, this one illustrates very well what we love about a lot of unknown or B movies because this movie had a big budget, big name actors, big name director and writers, and they still failed to be entertaining in my opinion. Uh, what we tend to talk about on our other shows are small movies with no name actors, low budgets that entertained us throughout all odds. Things like the room that we always reference a bunch, uh, is a good example of that kind of thing. So people, uh, 
you know, it's, it's just a great example of when they set out to make something on their own with a singular vision and it would have been forgettable, a flash in the pan movie, otherwise it failed, but it was something so much better. And that movie as an example will go down in history as a classic at this point with none of the things that this movie had going for it. So those kind of, you know, these kinds of small passion projects like that, uh, that maybe miss their intended marks at times, because, you know, that wasn't what he intended to make, apparently, is so much better. But that's what inspired us to start Super Movie Ball and share this stuff with you guys. So I think as much as we sort of abridged this one and talked crap about this one, <laughs> I think it's a great example for the show, because this is the, I think this is the opposite of what we normally want to talk about. Because uh, this one just it had everything going for it, and I think it was ultimately terrible. <laughs> um, it missed its mark. It was not very good. And even if you enjoy it for the the simplicity of it and stuff, that's fine. I mean, you're allowed to. I don't. I don't care. Whatever. But it just it's not a strong movie. It's not going to be remembered in ten years. Can I say something? It has been wrong. 10 years, though. You're not wrong. It has been 10 years. <laughs> this movie did not do well no. when it came out, and nobody remembers it. So I'm the minority, Peter. You're totally right. I, I can't, I can't, this is the problem. I can't argue with you guys. You guys are telling me that this, 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 and this, and I'm like, I don't. I don't have a. Well, you're allowed to like but it. You still like I don't it. Have, That's fine. But I still love it. I like, I I like this, movies that are bad. There's one of this thing that I still <laughs> don't love it. But you. But to be honest, to be perfectly honest with you, and to be objective, um, you're totally right. This movie, when it came out, it had all the budget, all the big name actors. The supporting cast is wonderful. It had these up and coming uh, actors that are the leading roles. Uh, not really. I mean, Claire Danes sort has of. been established, but up yeah. and coming as far as big name, sure. mm-hmm. Hollywood stuff, and it didn't. It this underperformed. And I remember when this came out. I probably saw it a couple years after it came out. I was like, oh, I heard about this movie. It's underrated, whatever. And I I watched it and I loved it. But a lot of people didn't love it, and there's a reason for that. It underperformed. And here it is. This is from 2007, so. and you guys know. It, 2018 it's 11 years later no one's talking about this movie nope and there's a reason for it there's a reason for it and that's why i kind of wanted to skip ahead because as i i was listening and as i was reading this the notes and as we're as i as while we were getting into this i realized that you know i'm the only person that loves this i'm the only person that is really into this movie and i'm kind of understanding why peter and Riley aren't into it, and everybody else aren't into it. And it's just me that's into it. It's because as we're getting into it, there's it's sort of kind of problematic. But even though it has problems, I still kind of love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I still appreciate that you do. I appreciate that you shared it with me. I would have never watched it otherwise. And I know you said this but was torturous for you to get to. It was a pain in the butt for me to get through. It was. <laughs> it took me three and days I pre- to get through. And look, hey, hey, I appreciate you you sitting through it. For me, well, I'm glad I did. Ultimately, I think I think there's some value to it, though. Did you take away anything from it? Good. I did, and you know what? There's pieces of the movie I definitely like. There's things that are good. There's things that are bad. Uh, the pirate ship scene definitely went on way too long. That's the but weakest. That's the weakest part of the movie for me. I mean, they call the mouse that you know they call him a mouse at one point. He gets turned into. He's a sugar glider. That's pretty clear. 
I mean, there's a bunch of things wrong with the movie. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff wrong with it. I even just like that. They could that with Matthew Vaughn that they could have easily just fixed. But then there's some stuff like right now, like she's cutting a cat in half that's cooked right in front of you on the scene. And it's like, what in the world? Yeah. I didn't need to see that. No, I didn't need to see that. I didn't need to see that. I, I'm I'm not sure what the audience for this movie was, quite frankly. Um, I feel like it was for kids, definitely. But on the other hand, like, there's enough mature stuff in it that I don't know that you'd really let your kids watch it if you had seen it before. I see where you're coming from. And, I see where you're coming from. And I know that because you said it it's Matthew Vaughn. It has a weird tone, and it, I take that right. with, I with Matthew that. Vaughn. Because I'm going to say this. I watched my – it's my wife's cousin's kids. That's weird. But I grew up with him. And uh, I've known him since I was like three or even before then. And his kids are seven and three. And we showed The NeverEnding Story to them. It's an 80s movie. Yeah. Riley, have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen it. It's a great film. It's a great film. It's very dark, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's got some dark points to it. It's got some fun moments. It's got some... Fun. Got a horse death. It's got a horse death, which, <laughs> which every is not kid, a fun moment. every kid cries it. Yeah. I cried. Every kid. I mean, cries the worst part moment. of the movie though is that it ends. But it's good. But <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, no! they lied. They lied at the beginning. They said it's never ending, and yet it has. And yet ending. it ends. But that's a, that's a but that's a great <laughs> fantasy. A movie. That's a yes. fantasy movie that you would show your kids and feel okay Easily. about yep. sh- showing your your kids that moment. And I and when you said Peter, I don't know that I would show my kids to. I have to again. Like the last movie we talked about, I have to concede. Yes, I don't know that I would show my kids this movie now that I'm thinking about it. Because you are talking about moments I wouldn't want to show my kid. And it's just very but, specific moments. But yeah. I would show my kids The NeverEnding Story. Why? Sure. It has dark moments, but it's toned very well. Matthew Vaughn, again, I have to t- I'm telling you, Matthew Vaughn, he doesn't know how to tone his movies quite right. They're all over the map. Sure. And... They just showed not too long ago cat being a cooked cat being cut in half and eaten. <laughs> and that's off putting. There's something weird. There's something weird about that. Yeah. We're in a fantasy realm because it's not fake looking at all. It's very real. It's, very it's real. kind of like a real, real looking cat. I mean, as an adult, it's like I mean that's still a little weird because I have cats. But like as an adult, it's like whatever. That's but like weird. I'm not, I don't really want to show that to a kid. No. Like, all you have to show is that they're eating. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you could show a roasted whatever, and it doesn't matter what they're eating. It didn't have to yeah. be even a cat even Conan. It, yeah, even Conan from like the eighties. You don't have to show it necessarily, but they're eating something roasted off a spit. You yeah. don't have to, but they showed it in close proximity. It could just been generic so I, like meat. Yes, yeah. I understand. <laughs> what, so I understand what you're saying. His yeah. stuff is very kind of off-putting, and that's why I put it as. I guess it's because I'm an adult and I'm jaded, and I'm like, yeah, roasted cat. I don't care, whatever, and I, it doesn't <laughs> matter to me. But then, uh, if I'm looking at through it from a kid's eyes, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I can kind of see where you're coming. Yeah, from. I mean that's. I'd, but as an adult, it wasn't. There wasn't enough adult things throughout it to keep me entertained because they and shy away. And I think, and I think that's the source material. Yeah. Like Matthew Vaughn needed to pick something that was a little more adult to begin with because the source material works very well for children. Yeah. Um. But then with his style and sensibilities, it doesn't sure. always translate to be 
good for children. So it's like maybe Matthew Vaughn shouldn't be making children's movies. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I made a horrible mistake. No, it's fun. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great. One I to thought talk this about. was going to be a great fantasy movie for us to talk about. We got a podcast out of it. It's a good one. But there's an in, there's an interesting discussion. As in I here. said, I think it's a great example for Super Movie Ball because it's an exact opposite of what we normally want to talk. So about. So we got your recommendation, Riley. <laughs> Would you recommend this? No, go watch Coraline. It's a much better Neil Gaiman movie. All right. Um, I would say that after this, you know, no, normally I was, I, my recommendation going into this podcast was that I was going to recommend this, but I think if you are 25 years old or older mm-hmm. and you enjoy <laughs> fantasy and that you have maybe a light heart, but then also a heavy heart and you enjoy Matthew Vaughn, this is you. That's that sweet spot. Otherwise I don't recommend this. No, oh, interesting. I don't recommend this. Now that I'm thinking about it, and now that I'm actually watching it and discussing it, uh, I'm I don't I don't recommend this. And I understand. At first, I didn't I I didn't understand why people didn't like this movie, but after discussing it with you guys and verbalizing it out loud, I kind of. I'm realizing that I'm hitting the sweet spot on this movie. <laughs> yeah, this is, sure. maybe th- this movie was for you. Maybe this yeah. movie is when hitting my sweet spot. It? Yeah, but it's not. It's my Rogue One. <laughs> 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 it's no one else's feeling on this movie. So I appreciate it. We didn't do the play-by-play. I cut Peter short. That is That's my fine. fault. Mm-hmm. So don't fault us for that. But um, maybe it, because it's on Netflix, maybe watch it for yourself and see what you think about it, and hit us up on Twitter. Red Super Movie Ball. Um, Peter, do you have anything to recommend? Any books? Any movies? Anything people should watch? Uh, Read? Anything people should get into or not do? I I don't know if this is just a statement about me, but all the talking points I made for these episodes, they're all negative when I really look at them. So, no, I don't have anything to recommend. (laughs) Okay. So, I will end it with that. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Riley? Yeah, your guest. I'm sorry. This has been such an awkward episode. No, this, this has been fine. a real au- awkward episode. This is uh, Riley's been our guest for the past few episodes. He's been such a great uh, guest, and he's added so much to our podcast. I really appreciate him taking the time and coming out. Where can people find you, Riley? And what? Where can people listen to you? You can follow me on Twitter at Riles Bowman. It's my name, kind of R I L E S instead of the Y. But um. <laughs> Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, or I do a podcast about Star Wars, which gets way more awkward and confrontational than this, so I don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> this has been fine. This has been cakewalk compared to my dumb podcast, but if you want to listen to my dumb <laughs> wow. Star Wars podcast that I do with some friends, it's pretty it's harsh. Grand Moff Talking. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Thank you, Riley, for coming on. Yeah, Thanks thank you. Been a pleasure. I'll come back someday if you'll have me. Absolutely. Maybe not yeah. next time, uh, but someday. I, I can't speak for Peter, but I'm going to open an invitation. Okay. Definitely. Well, thank yeah. you. Open invitation. It's been a real pleasure for you coming on and taking on these few episodes that we had here. I definitely checked that out. Um, Grandma Talking. It's such a great podcast if you enjoy Star Wars. Um, just a, a genuine and unique takes. You know, you don't necessarily, like, it's, it's definitely millennial. But that's not that's not a bad thing. He's so insulting. He hates no, 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 no. That is that is not an insulting term. That's just a generational term, mm-hmm. and it's not a bad thing. It's just they, they have a fresh view on things, and I genuinely enjoy that podcast. Sounds so old right now. No, they have a fresh view on things. They do. <laughs> Look, I'm old. I'm totally old. I don't care. But guess what? 
they have a fresh view on things and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I think it's... We just like looking at the world in a little twisted oh way. Oh my god. Can I get through my spiel, please? <laughs> I don't know. Can you? Thank you. Welcome to my podcast. God. They're so fun. They have great chemistry. They have such fun with each other. It's such a fun thing to listen to. You should definitely listen, listen to it. Thank you. Okay. I think that you guys should watch this movie, Stardust, and judge for yourself. I can't really recommend it um, to general audiences because I think it does hit a sweet spot, mostly because of Matthew Vaughn, and it has weird tonal shifts. And I agree with Peter, and I agree with Riley. I don't know who this movie's for, but it is, it's for me. <laughs> Apparently, oh, that's great. it's you definitely it. it's definitely for me because I genuinely not enjoy gonna, this movie. Not gonna poop on every, that. <laughs> every time I watch it, I I enjoy it. It's definitely worth checking out. Sure. But thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for joining in. As always, there's only like three of you to listen, but appreciate it. <laughs> Have fun. See ya. Bye. Bye. That's good. You did it. Sorry, dude. There's no sorry, dude. I realized there was nowhere to go on that one. That's why. <laughs> okay. There was nowhere to go. You're, you're, you were just powering through it, and I'm just like, I'm the only one that likes this, and I'm like, let's just cut this short. Fine, <laughs> I didn't mind going through it. Yeah, that was fine. fine. Yeah, but you're just going to go through step by step, and it's just going to be you talking, and then me going, yeah, I like this part. <laughs> Yeah, I like this part. And this part's pretty cool, too. There were some parts I didn't mind that I would have talked about. (laughs) It's fine. It doesn't matter. Well, that's it. Alright. Why do you think... It's good. I cut it short because it wasn't going anywhere. It's fine. (laughs) What? (laughs) Alright. That's good.